0: Let's open with prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for this time we can be together and to learn from your word and to worship you as a church in unity. We pray that you would anoint us with your spirit today and that you would cause us to get to know you deeper and to know your word deeper and have your word built deeper into our minds and our hearts and that we would live it out more and truer. We pray that you would help us to remember your grace and to just... um, see any shortcomings we may have through a grace-based light and to remember that the sacrifice of your son is the only thing that can ever make us acceptable. And we thank you for your grace and amen. Amen. All right, so today's message is called uh, The Called Out Assembly, Not the Called Out Few. And I really wanted to do, do a message on the fact that the church needs every member to be a committed member and not just a few. And in America today we have a problem with not realizing that that's the case. We tend to think that only the preachers and leaders um, need to be committed or involved, or only, like, you can throw in the musicians and Byron, because we can't function without Byron. (laughs) But, but, you know, only a few. And that's just not God's design for the church. And it can't function the way God designed it to if we um, have that view. And I think this is a really important topic with, to speak about, because I think we struggle with it, with having this paradigm more than we think we do. I know I actually struggle with having this paradigm more than like, I would think I do if I didn't think about whether or not I'm having this paradigm. But it's something I struggle with, too, and I think we all struggle with it, uh, even if we don't think so. Even if we're already involved and committed, I think um, this paradigm is an issue that we have to some degree. So the first thing I want to get into is some some scripture passages that really illustrate this well. So the first one we're going to do, the first one we're going to look at, is Ephesians chapter four, verses fifteen and sixteen.
1: Ephesians four, fifteen through sixteen. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love.
0: I think this one is very specific and to the point, which is why I made it the first verse um, for this. I'm going to read it in a few other translations that I have here. in the NASB, it goes, But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body, being fitted together by what every joint supplies, not what a few joints supply, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. I also want to read from the New Living Translation, Instead, we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more like Christ, who is the head of the body, the church. He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy, growing, and full of love. I think that's pretty specific. Like in America, we we just don't get that it's each and every part. But God doesn't design a body with some parts that aren't important to that body. Every part of the body is important. Uh, The next verse, can we take a look at 1 Corinthians 12, uh, verses 14
1: through 26? For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If one member is honored, all rejoice together.
0: I really want to focus on verses 16 through 18, uh, where it says, and if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body. And, um, you know, if the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? And if the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? And I think um, we have trouble undermining our own gifts and our own place in the church that God has given us, we tend to think, because I'm not an I, um, you know, I'm not very good at this, what am I going to do in the church? They don't really need me. They have the few important people that they have. And uh, that's a real problem that we think that way. But that's something each of us struggles with. But God will give us grace for that if we seek it. Uh, Can we also take a look at Romans chapter 12, verses 4 through 8?
1: the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness.
0: So with this passage and the next passage we're going to look at, I really want to explain how it's it's a command very clearly in God's word that each member of the body contribute to the body. It says in verse 6 of Romans uh, 12, having gifts that differ according to the grace given us, let us use them. It doesn't say think about using them. It doesn't say use them if you think they're useful. Can we also take a look at uh, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10?
1: As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's very grace.
0: It doesn't say, if you have received a gift, use it to serve one another. It says, as each has received a gift, use it to serve one another. And lastly, can we take a look at um, Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 12?
1: And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ.
0: I think that one's really important. And um, so in this part of Ephesians 4, Paul's listing um, a type of spiritual gifts he gave to the church and giving them leaders. But um, like it kind of talks about the purpose of leaders here. Verse 12 is something we don't always think about. God gave um, the apostles, the prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers for the purpose of equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. He didn't give the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers so that they could do the work of the ministry by themselves. It says very explicitly to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry is the saint's work, not the work of a few. It's the work of the entire body. It's what God designed his body to do. So unfortunately, at this time in the Church of America, um, we kind of have a thing going on uh, that some people call the 80-20 problem. Some researchers would say that 20% of the people in the church do about 80% of the work. And uh, if that's the case, that would mean the majority of the church isn't doing much of the work. And according to God's design, that's a problem. That's not God's design. I think in our church, we're doing better than that, but we could be doing better still. And I think we need to um, not let that escape our view that we're still not where we should be with that. Does anyone have any ideas um, why that might be? Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention this earlier, Teresa's my assistant and my lovely wife. (laughs) And since we're not officially open yet, um, she has a microphone, and she reads scriptures for me to help me out. And for, people, for the people who are here, the small amount of people, she passes around a microphone when I ask questions, because I like to ask questions, because it gets people more involved. And also, if you are on home on the online chat, you can respond to a question, and we'll try to um, read your answer. But um, why do you guys think that might be, that the 80-20 problem is a problem in the church in America?
2: Lack of either practical or theological knowledge, like especially if you're a baby Christian, you know, you're on fire for God, you really want to help serve, but then you watch someone like, you know, you, for example, who has a lot of um, anointing, a lot of theological knowledge behind them, and they probably get intimidated and they don't want to help out now because they think, what can I do that's actually going to contribute anything?
0: I feel that way about Daniel Williams occasionally. (laughs) (laughs) We all struggle with it, but we all need to do better. <laughs> yes. Any other answers, any? Sydney?
3: <laughs> well, there's two thoughts that come to my mind, that one that's more general, one that I have struggled with personally, is that um, our culture tends to favor individualism over communalism, so I think there's an element where there are, sometimes we are trapped in we're our own agents or we don't really see ourselves as part of a greater context of the church. In the other context, the other thing that some people might to with what I know I have sometimes you want the giftedness of others and, and uh, want you kind of want that giftedness rather than the giftedness that the Lord's given you to operate in. And I think sometimes that might have to be a hindrance because I know it was for me for a lot of years. I think it's also based on the fear of man aspect, because mm-hmm. apart from Christ, you have this fear that though you have a certain gift and talent, you don't want to express it and you don't want to put it into practice that others may see your good works, as Matthew talked about. So it's kind of related to what Sidney said, individualism, but at the same time, more of a fear of other people calling you out like, oh, you're not good at this or you'll never be equipped for that, even though it's in the mind, not really of what God said. Yep.
1: Oh, uh, some, Jeff Brooks said that some leaders don't want to share the work.
0: That's true, that's something I'm gonna get in later in the series, that's the other half of it. Uh, (laughs) All right, this will be the last answer for this question.
4: and we have a strong spectator mentality that supports that.
0: Yes, we do. That's like a big part of our American culture is the spectator-consumer culture. I think overall it can be summed up as um, we, we don't buy into the Bible's paradigm that every member needs to be involved. So the next thing I want to get into is What will happen if we only have a few people involved? If we only have a few people involved, I think overall several important jobs will kind of left get undone. And I think that can happen even if for all the visible jobs we have people doing them. For example, for Anvesh, Anvesh has a lot of things that he does. But if people started doing the things, a bunch of important jobs day in and day out like all the time and no one's helping you it can become really tiresome. I'm always amazed at what Stephen
1: does.
0: (laughs) Another problem that will happen with um, only the few doing the work and not the majority is that um, those who aren't helping will be wasting the potential God has given them. Because God has given all of us potential, and, um, and it glorifies him when we use it, and it doesn't glorify him when we don't. He doesn't give us gifts to waste or talents to bury. He gives us gifts to use. We don't need to be afraid of misusing our talents in the sense that we should just be, oh, I'm supposed to use it, but I'm really scared, and I kind of want to bury it. It can be easy to have that sense, but we need to understand that God is more gracious than that. And even if we make mistakes using our gifts, it's better, you know, to try and make some mistakes and get better than to just not try. And God is gracious. I think overall, if only a few people in the church, if only the few are doing the work, we The church won't succeed at the mission God designed it to succeed at. And since it's God's church, God will cause, um, I believe, the church to overcome this problem. But we still need to do a work. We still need to work at it by his grace and by his empowerment to get over the problem that we have. Where not the majority contribute a lot in America. The next thing I want to look at is what would happen if everyone was fully committed? How different would it be? I think if, um, if all the members in a given church were fully committed and fully contributing, um, we'd be getting a lot done. Like Any church would be getting a lot done, more than they think they would, more than they currently see. Like even for us, there's ministries that we could do or that we would like to do, but we're not doing now because we don't currently have the resources. But um, the more people that contribute time and uh, resources, the more resources we have. Another benefit, if everyone was fully contributing, um, burden would be more evenly spread out. And also, I think having that happen leads to a greater sense of unity and of community, that we're all helping each other and we all um, understand when each other is getting burdened and we all help each other in that. I think we would all have a greater sense of satisfaction. So I've struggled, I used to struggle with depression frequently, but a lot of why I struggled with depression was I didn't have anything I was working toward. And there's nothing quite as satisfying as having a goal in a community of other Christians that you're working toward. It's, I think it's one of the most satisfying things ever, and like, I think it's a cause of depression when people don't have something to work towards. God didn't design us to not have something big to work towards. I recently graduated college, and now that I kind of don't have such a big goal to work towards. Occasionally, I'm like, well, what should I do with my time? (laughs) But, you know, my goal, my purpose for being at this church is to contribute to the advancement of God's kingdom here at Dayton and here in GCF. And we all need to work to find ways to do that because it's not, I'll get into that in a bit later in the message, but it's not always obvious what ways we should help out in. And that can be a big problem. Uh, We'll get to that in a bit. I think we'd be getting um, stuff done that we don't even realize we have the potential to do, or churches would. And I think overall, if the church as a whole had the majority of its members committed, it would be an awesome and unparalleled spectacle of God's redeeming power and love. Like nothing else even has the potential to match it. Does anyone else have any ideas or um, things that they think would be good that would come about if the church had more committed members or more involvement?
1: Well, we could reach out to more people.
0: Yep, it's a great one.
1: Mm-hmm. We can help the lesser
2: able. sorry, <clears throat> we can help the Christians who are struggling because there's more people actually willing to help out and make each other stronger as well.
3: Yep. I kind of like, a, I kinda like a David A. Sinclair, founder of Sinclair Colleges Dictum, find the need and endeavor to meet it. So if you're not sure what needs done, just look for something that needs met, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I would say that if we had more hands to the plow consistently, people who were insecure about their giftings would be less insecure about their giftings as they're stepping into their roles. And then the things that people in leadership or the people, it's not necessarily their gifting, but it to be done they can give those to the people that it actually is their gift yeah Mm
0: -hmm. that's a really big one Mm -hmm. the next thing I want to talk about is how um, every member is necessary even though not everyone teaches or leads and I think in America we have like a particular struggle with that Um, I think in America, we tend to overemphasize the honor that should go to positions of leadership because we're very individualistic and we're not group focused. And I think there's more of a balance to have, like no leader would ever accomplish anything without followers. (laughs) Oh, Byron. Bethany
4: asked a question, what does it look like to treat the weaker parts with modesty?
0: Hmm. What I would think that would mean would be um, recognizing the importance of their roles um, and understanding how important they are even though they're Weaker. I think part of that has to do with the analogy of the physical body, how we treat certain parts of our physical body with more honesty, but those parts are still very important. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I think in America we have a problem with overemphasizing the honor that goes to leadership and underemphasizing the honor that goes to um, followers and workers. Because nothing would get done if all you had was leaders. Amen. I don't think God honors leaders more than he honors people who just do um, background labor. Mm-hmm. Nowhere in the scripture is that indicated at all. And if we only had people who were leading and teaching, we wouldn't get much done. I just wanna talk about some specific things that need done um, here at GCF that we couldn't function without. Cleaning, cleaning always needs done, mm-hmm. <laughs> every week. And there was a few weeks where it sometimes wasn't getting done and it would become obvious. I need to clean the sound room very badly. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's a big collection of electronic parts. Uh, Cleaning always needs done. We can't just let the building become a mess. Worship needs done. Not just worship leading, but the purpose, one of the, maybe even the most major purpose of God's assembly is worship. God created a people to worship Him. And we also need worship leaders in the church. Um, We also need the congregation who worships. If all we had were people up here worshiping on Sundays, just on the stage and no one in the congregation or at home joined in. We're not a worshiping congregation at that point. God wants a worshiping congregation. Mm-hmm. Uh, babysitting, that's a big one. <laughs> <laughs> we all, a lot of people in the church need babysitting. I know John and Leah Gray are very busy people. Like they get more done than, it's just hard to think about. <laughs> <laughs> They are very busy people, and they could use babysitting. The Hagers could use babysitting. There's always a service to be done there. Mm-hmm. Having relationships, like if we didn't have people in the church who had friendships with us, none of us would have friends in the church. And that sounds simple, but it's easy to overlook. Like everyone needs friends, and um, and we all need to work on serving to being a friend, especially to those who. Uh, might come to the church and not have friends. Prayer. We all need to serve in prayer. Without a congregation that doesn't pray as the entire congregation praying, and it's just a few people that pray, just won't have the power of God like a church will if the entire congregation prays. Mentoring. That's a big need. Um, Even if you don't feel like you're spiritually mature enough to disciple someone, um, there's people who need career mentoring. Maybe you're further along in your career and you can help someone uh, put together a better resume or make it through college, do better at their homework. We all need discipleship and mentoring, and we all to some degree need to be discipled by the congregation and not just by an individual, even though we should have an individual discipling us. We all need encouragement, and everyone needs to serve and encouraging. Everybody goes through hard times, and, you know, everyone's going to need someone there to help encourage them. Uh, The church needs IT work done. (laughs) Uh, We have a projector that doesn't always work. Our internet doesn't always work. Our computers don't always work, and Austin helps with those things a lot. (laughs) But if our computers don't work, then the live stream doesn't work. And if the projector and mic stop working, it's just a mess. (laughs) Uh, Another thing, book reviews and recommendations. Like we have a foundational book list and it contributes a lot to helping people grow, Um, especially people who haven't thought about certain paradigms that need to be rethought but uh, we need people who read books and kind of review those books and make recommendations. I know Sydney does that and Nathan does that. And it, it really helps people who um, need to add books to the foundational book list but don't have time to read you know, every book that might be a good one. If it was just one person's uh, job to work on the foundational book list, they'd be way too busy to do it because there's so many books to read, to think about, should this book be added, should this book not be added? This is way too big for one person. So that's another thing that uh, is useful if people can do. Uh, Giving. If people didn't give, uh, Stephen would not be paid, and nor would Greg, and I wouldn't like that. (laughs) Uh, Meal prep as we open up we will eventually have meals and we need people to do meal prep. Morgan helps with that. (laughs) And not just meal prep for the church like at large at events but meal prep for individuals like especially for busy parents or for people who have like someone who's sick and their family it can be really helpful to bring them a meal. I even things like shopping. The church will eventually run out of toilet paper if we don't buy more. and Someone needs to do that. The church has as many needs as any other organization. I think um, one thing I want to mention is I think we're all guilty to some degree of the Thinking, I'm not an nice, I, so I'm not important. Mm-hmm. But um, and like I said, I have trouble thinking that too. But the thing we need to see is that when we don't uh, value our role in the church, we undermine God's work and God's design because God put us in the church. Mm-hmm. And it's God's design that we're here and he has a work that he wants us to do. So the next thing I want to mention is there are certain areas that basically anyone, everyone could be involved in, and it would be good that I think if everyone were involved in. Um, anyone can find things to serve in, like practical things. I just mentioned a list of practical things, and um, there's just a lot of practical things to get done, and it's just better if we have more people helping with them. It's that way for any church, every church. Accountability and confession. We all need accountability and confession, but you can't really do it by yourself. I've never been good at holding myself accountable. (laughs) I've tried, it didn't work. Confessing to myself is a bit, it doesn't help much either. I already knew that I did it. (laughs) Another thing, every member needs to be involved in is community. Community can't happen with just a few members. It takes every member to build a community. Uh, Like I already mentioned, worship, especially not worship leading, but worship is the congregation. We're not a worshiping congregation if we don't have each member seeking to worship God on their own in their own private time and as a congregation. Um. I think another one, each person might have different roles in this, but everyone contributes some way, is evangelism effort. Um, We all have friends whom we can talk to about the gospel, and that's something I need to do way better in. I don't currently do nearly as well as I should at that, but we all play a role in the Great Commission, and the Great Commission especially is something that's easy to think that's just for a few people. I'm not good at evangelism. I could never be good at talking to people about the gospel. But the Great Commission is for everyone. And also with evangelism effort, evangelism efforts without prayer are going to be pretty vain efforts most of the time. We can all contribute in various ways towards our church's evangelism effort. And every church needs its members to be contributing towards their evangelism efforts. Um, Does anyone else have any suggestions of um, ways that they think people should be committed in, or ways that everyone can be practically involved in?
2: So this just occurred to me, but going back to uh, what you had said, some things that like are keeping people from going forward in their giftings or whatever. I think a huge one, especially because of the individualism that's been mentioned, is, um, like, that's just not me. And, um, we define ourselves with no regard to what God has called us to. And so like, um, I, I don't want to, I kind of wanted to share two examples if that's okay. Sure. (laughs) Okay. Um, so like, like for me, like I always used to think I was an introvert in high school. Like that thought defined me. I loved being alone. I loved reading. I loved I didn't like talking to strangers, you know, all that stuff. And then one day I kind of had the thought in college, huh, I'm like enjoying being around people. Maybe I'm an extrovert after all. Like it's such a stupid thing to like put ourselves and define ourselves with those terms because there's no room for change and growth. Um, And the other thing, uh, the other example was I asked Greg uh, years ago like, you know, are certain people, like, higher capacity or lower capacity people? Like, can people, certain people just take more more on and and other people not? And Greg was like, well, of course, but you shouldn't let that define anybody. Like, you know, I was like, should I encourage this person to do this and that? The other thing, even if they are considering themselves a low-capacity person, and he's like, of course you should. So, like, like don't let that define you either. Like, you know, oh, this person must be busy because they have... Uh, kids and all that stuff, like, everybody should be involved and not define who they are, so God should do that. Anyway, I'm done.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Something I learned that's a little contrary to the lesson, but really is kind of, I think, complimentary is sometimes it's also good for a few years to do jobs you may not be as naturally gifted or desirous to do, but... But, it, but, that, but that can lead into another or a point that can be useful is to learn how to train your replacement and that can be like a type of discipleship too. That's a very good point.
1: I'm just going to make a comment. This is what my dad always says. Take the job you have like it's the job you want and you can apply that to your uh, uh, part in the church because if you see there's a need that needs to be filled just do that and do it with vigor as into the Lord.
0: Yeah.
5: Yeah, I'll second what, what Sydney said, um, uh, but another thing that goes into that is, like, uh, we second guess, like, how much something is needed or, like, you know, if we haven't been asked to do something, we're like, well, maybe they don't really want me doing this or, I, I don't know, we have so many, so many doubts and, and questions, but um, this is something you really need to be proactive yes. with. Yes. Uh, you can't just sit around and wait for one of the leaders to say, hey, do you want to do this? Now, in this church, we're pretty good at at being being pushy about those (laughs) kinds of things. Uh, (laughs) But that doesn't mean that there's something that you would be really good at that nobody's asking you to do. And sometimes we just don't know until we ask and we try. And it's perfectly fine if you start doing something and then find out you're terrible at it and someone else will pick it up. Like, that's... There's no shame in that. There's no harm in it.
0: I think that's a really important point. And one thing I want to add to that, um, like you, people shouldn't just wait around until they're asked for something because we can't just constantly be asking everyone to do everything. Um, Like usually if you're asked to do something, it's because it's been undone for a while or really needs someone else. Like if we're asking someone to do something, it's, only because it's extra important that it needs that. But it's, like I try to avoid asking people unless it's necessary, but there's plenty of things other people could do that would be beneficial that I'm not gonna ask them to do because I'm trying to not burden them.
5: Also a a really good sign that you're gonna be good at something is if you tend to notice when it hasn't been done or it wasn't done well. So if that raises alarm bells, you're like, Oh, that really wasn't done well this time, or wow, I wonder like who dropped the ball on that that's a pretty good <laughs> sign that you might be good at doing.
4: <laughs> I go. uh, so you, you kind of I think back to the original question of like what are some things that people can all contribute to? and you alluded to this earlier about like study and knowing things yeah. um, if we're all contributing to just having more knowledge, that's going to uh, you know, help us all take the reasons why we're doing things higher. It's going to help us love people better. It's going to help us uh, not necessarily be as big of a burden ourselves. It's going to help us avoid uh, wrong thinking or false prophets, things like that. Yeah. Uh, but there's also, we can all contribute to holiness. And, you know, just thinking like if I'm not a leader, I don't have to be as holy. I don't have to, you know, try and uh, live up to God's commandments as much. That's like a total lie. And it affects the whole church. If we have a whole church where there's only two or three people who are trying to live a holy life and then everybody else is living in sin and debauchery and all that, it affects worship. It affects, uh, you know, the sweet, Smelling aroma that we lift up to God every Sunday morning.
0: Yep. Alright, we're running a bit low on time so we'll have to put an end to that question but those are all great answers. Alright, so the next one I want to talk about is practical steps to become more involved or committed if you're um, looking to become more involved or committed. Um... One thing I want to talk about that I mentioned I would talk about is for people who want to get involved but don't know where to get involved. I think there's a number of people and that's the case. And um, I'm glad people want to be involved and I'll try to help come up with some ideas of or give some suggestions of how to find where you should be involved. So I um, don't just wait to be asked to do something. Ask if there's anything you could do. There's always... Uh, Christiana is the um, main administration person. You can talk to her about it. If you're interested in IT-related things, you can talk to me. Um, but there's always stuff that needs done, and just ask or ask around. Try to get a sense of what needs done. Uh, you can always pray that God would show you um, what you could be best used for. But I think it's important that you don't just uh, do nothing while you're praying and waiting. You know, for God to show you. Because he who is faithful in little is faithful in much. And I think you should, um, if nothing else, just get involved in something that may appear little. Like, join, if you don't have anything to be involved in currently, join the cleaning crew. Like, we can always add more people to the cleaning crew. And it helps spread out the burden, if nothing else. There's people who are very busy who are still on the cleaning crew, like Anvesh. Anvesh has a ton to do. He's working on a PhD. Sam is working on a PhD. They're both on the cleaning crew. If you don't have anything to do while you might be looking for other things to do, just join the cleaning crew. And then the last thing I would recommend is while here. are um, getting involved in things in that way, it might be a good idea to consider developing a plan of how you could grow more to be more involved. Because there's some things that you have to grow in before you can um, do. So I, I could use more people who want to do sound, but I have to train each of them to do sound. I think Nathan's about the only person who we had who took classes in sound mixing before he came. I never took classes in it. I didn't know what I was doing on Vesh trained me. <laughs> Um, So those would be my suggestions for how to find a place to be involved if you're looking to a place to be more involved in. The next thing I want to mention is if you're already committed and involved, you still need to hear this message too. Uh, I think one area where I need to think about this better, how everyone needs to be involved, is I need to do better at training others. (laughs) I need to be more deliberate at training people to Beyond the sound team. I need to train more people on video stuff and sound stuff. Because I won't always be here. None of us will always be here. No one lives forever. The church has to go on without us. (laughs) And the church will um, go out and plant new churches. We're going to need multiple sound people because we're going to have other churches that need their own sound people. I might go to Columbus, but whether I do or not, Both Dayton and Columbus will need sound people. And they'll both need cleaning people, and they'll both need people who cook meals and people who babysit for elders. And, you know, every church has needs that need met. So for my closing thought, I just want to mention how, just reemphasize, if we think we're not important, we're wrong. (laughs) Everyone has an important role in the church, and we need to not be thinking to ourselves, I'm not an eye, I'm not important, I'm not a foot, I'm not important. Even if you don't have anything that you're doing, you're still important. It just means you're not doing the important role that God designed you for, which means we need to look for what that role is, because everyone in the church has an important role. So that being said, let's close in prayer. Dear Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you that we can uh, come to together to worship you. We pray that you would show each of us uh, what your place is for us in the church. And we pray that um, through serving, we would grow deeper into community. We would feel more welcome and grow in our relationships. We pray um, also that you would just help us to see your grace in everything we do. We pray that if we're not serving like we should, that we would uh, not feel condemned about that and not feel like we need to do better to please you. Because our doing better won't please you. Our trusting in your son pleases you. And then our doing better from a grace-based attitude pleases you, but you'd be pleased with us anyways. We pray that you would just help us to be grace-based as we pursue you, and we pray that you would help us as a church to be more unified and not have an 80-20 or an 80-40, but we would have everyone doing the work. We pray that you would bless us with that. We thank you for your grace. Amen.